Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 48. This is Writing Excuses, Plot Armor and Character Death. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I- Screen. I'm I'm okay. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) that line. I'm okay. (laughs) To kill off this season of (laughs) writing excuses, uh, we're going to be talking about character death. Uh, So, first question: When do you kill off characters, and why? Chapter six. No, (laughs) I come back to anytime I'm thinking about killing a character. Or threatening the reader with, you know, that as an option. I always come back to what I think Pat Rothfuss said on one of our casts years ago, which was, there are so many things that are worse than death that can happen to your characters. And I ask myself that question first, because I want to know that I am choosing character death because it is the best failure mode or the best success mode that this particular story can have. I can't just default to it because uh, because I think that's the only way to move the story forward or to make the reader feel loss. I look at the consequences of the death for exactly the same reason, because the death itself, you know, sad that that character is dead and all, but the people who survive, uh, those are the ones that I'm going to be traveling with. And the consequences of that death uh, on the on the plot that, you know, if it's just, oh, and then everybody's going to be really sad. That's not a consequence that, I mean, that yes, that is a consequence, but that's not a unique <laughs> consequence that's going to drive things usually. Let me ask you a follow-up on that. Uh, Cause it prompts something in my thoughts. Do you think we look at this differently because we're writers than readers and fans do? Um, th- I just started doing this because deaths in books as a reader, annoyed me so much. And it wasn't a structural thing mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't know why they annoyed me. Mm. Uh, I just, I hate reading things where I'm like, oh, that character is going to die. Um, or where they I die. I hate reading things where I can do that. Where <laughs> yeah. I can, oh, they're dead. You can yep. tell. Um, and I hated it when characters were dead, would die and I didn't feel anything. Right. It's like, just didn't care. I would say that that annoys me a lot in cinema. They do that sometimes. Um, yeah, my brother and I came up with the phrase, that character wants to live in Wyoming. 
which comes straight from Hunt for Red October, where there's the one Russian officer who's like, I would like to live in Wyoming. And we he's gone. You yeah, know he's dead he's as soon as he Sam says Neil? that. Was that Sam yeah. Neill's character? And so as soon as somebody starts talking about how, you know, they're going to retire soon or they're going to go to this place, all their plans for the future, they want to live in Wyoming. Yeah. And it's hard because the space that you're aiming for is in between those. You don't want to telegraph it, mm-hmm. but you also want to make them care. Those were the, the two problems that you had. Finding that middle ground. This is a character I love and don't see their death coming. That's, you know, that's yeah. what I shoot for, basically, with most of my but character I don't deaths. But I don't want that death to feel like a cheap shot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is one of the places where uh, the, argument, the argument for uh, narrative-driven fiction versus fiction that feels real uh, is is often centered around that most people don't die for real at a point where the story is geared for maximum impact. That's probably not how I'm going to go. It's probably not how any of us are going to go. But when you look at deaths in stories, we always have, always is the wrong word, but we very often have the narrative is shaped around that death. And when it isn't, often I'm annoyed and when it is, sometimes I feel like it was too convenient. There's no pleasing me. Just stop <laughs> killing your characters. See, I asked this question as a writer just because the thing that it prompted in my mind is how I will have people come through my line and just really be torn up by a character death. Um, which for me, this is kind of maybe seeing in my brain. I'm like, but that was a really good death. Yes. Right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you torn up about that? It was they fulfilled their character arc. It came to a good conclusion. It you know, they sacrificed I, for something they believed in. This was a really good death. I respond in that mm-hmm. exact situation, mm-hmm. my response has nothing to do with my work and everything to do with the person at the table in front of me. Yeah. The person at the table in front of me is grieving, and what they need me to do is grieve with them. And my response is, I loved that character too. In fact, I may even have loved them more than you did. Uh, See, I'm evil because my response to that is, I am so delighted I made you cry. Thank you for telling me. I worked really hard on that. My my usual response is, that's why I killed the character, is because I knew you would react that way. If you wouldn't react that strongly, what's the point? Though I will say, um, this is maybe something that's just a little pet peeve of mine. I remember, um, this is going to date me. It's a long time ago, but there was uh, this TV show called 24. And this had a really big cultural impact on myself and my friends when the first season came out. We watched it riveted. Um, And in that scene, spoilers for a 20-year-old show or whatever, um, the main character's wife dies. Um, The whole plot is set up up for, we need to save her. He's going to save her. He's the action star. And he gets there a little too late and she's dead. Um, And I was totally thought it was great until I listened to the commentary, which was the wrong thing, where they said, yeah, we weren't sure if we were going to kill her or not. And then we decided, well, what would, what would the reader or the viewer not expect? And for me hearing that, that is not what I wanted to hear. I did not want to hear that you just said, well, what's going to, what's going to, uh, you know, what's the most unexpected? And I, this may just be a thing for me um, because that's good storytelling in some ways, but I don't want it to just be what's unexpected. I want it to be what the story is I don't want it to be unexpected. Toward, I want it to toward. be surprising yet inevitable. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, startling, but when you look at it in retrospect, you're like, no, that's... I, uh, yeah, I, I'm really sympathetic to the, well, what would the readers not expect? Yeah. Um, especially when you are 
uh, when you are trying to decide in the moment, because sometimes, like, I mean, I have done things where I've plotted planning for the character to live and thought, well, maybe I will kill them. I'm not sure. And it's not until I get there that I really, the, um, the, the story itself, kind of the, the, the shape of everything that's come up to that point makes it clear to me which choice I need to make. Um, I have a, so this, this is going to involve spoilers. Okay. Uh, for, for, for one of my own stories. Which um, one? Uh, the, um, uh, Worshipful Society of Glovemakers, which okay. is on Uncanny. Um, I kill a character in that. Um, I can avoid, I'll just tell you which one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not plan to kill that character mm. at all. I had planned for them to have the, uh, we're going to try to work this out. Uh, there's, you know, uh, trying to, to deal with the situation. And the simplest solution for this problem character was to just, if they were just dead. And so another character just kills them. And... And I wrote it and I was like, because, oh. you know, sometimes you just, sometimes you do just write things and discover mm-hmm. it. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that, huh. Surprising yet inevitable. Mm. Because it's the simplest choice. But because I had set up this longer arc for the character, uh, people consistently tell me that they actually gasp out loud when they get to that death. So that's why I'm like, I'm a little sympathetic to that. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think the way to make that work is to follow that up. You know, you you kill a character on a whim like that, which I've totally done. Uh, but then, like you were saying in the beginning, you you need to follow the people who survive, yeah. and follow through the, on the consequences. And you can totally make that pay off, even if it isn't inevitable. I think it's good storytelling. It just didn't work for me because I wanted to believe they were doing what was best for the story, not what would surprise me. But it worked for you until you knew their motivation. I did. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And that's mm-hmm. never ask the author why they did something. <laughs> hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, let's go to our book of the week. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Schlock Mercenary Book 13, Random Access Memorabilia. Uh, I did two things in this book that uh, I totally loved, and I'm totally going to spoil for you because there's so much more going on in the book that's that's fun. One of them is that I killed Sergeant Schlock and brought him back from a completely, like, from a backup, from a clone. He'd lost five days— at one point, he's watching the video of his death, and somebody you know, says, "Are you? How do you feel about this?" And he looks at us. That's kind of cool. Um, and it's it was significant to me because one, it pulled plot armor off of everybody. I demonstrated that you know anybody can be killed and can lose something. Yes, I may bring them back. Um, and second was. If this is the only consequence for death, if the reader doesn't have to mourn, how can I possibly threaten characters with death in the future? Um, The second thing that I did was part one, part two, and part three were called read, write, and execute. And when part three aired, all of the computer nerds in the audience were like, surprising yet inevitable, just by the naming of the chapter. All right, so question for you. Can you kill off a character as, um, like, a side character and have it provide motivation for other characters but not simply fridge the character? Do you know what I mean by fridging? Yes. But why don't you define, or shall I define that? I'll define fridging. Go for Uh, it. Fridging comes from an old Green Lantern comic book where Green Lantern arrives home to to his house and finds his girlfriend stuffed in a fridge, um— Famously, without any kind of warning that this would happen, simply to add more character to Green Lantern himself, to give him something to mourn over, uh, to provide motivation. It's become a cliche of the comic book and just at large uh, media industry that if you want to provide motivation for often a guy, you will then kill off a female love interest or friend um, to give them something to mourn over. Um, Yet at the same time, we've just been talking about killing a character when it's completely unexpected and the effect it has on the people around them. What is the difference between these two things? 
So for me, uh, and this was the the thing that I had to reverse engineer because I was planning to kill off a character. Um, for me, it's making sure that the character has a longer plot arc um, that is you know, clear and obvious, and they're going to be fulfilling this all the way through the story. Uh, and it usually involves something with the main character. Um, like, not, oh, we're going to go be happy together, but uh, I am disagreeing with you about this thing, uh, that there's a conflict that they have with the main character, so that when you kill them off, that is left unresolved, which is the way things happen in real life. That there's a lot of unfinished business that you have with the people who are gone and there's a hole that they leave. And I think that that's one of the things that happens when a lot of these characters are, are fridged is that they don't leave a hole in the plot. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Uh, very difficult for, if you kill a character as your inciting incident and that character has a close relationship with your protagonist, uh, you're going to have to have done some miraculous writing to not be accused of having fridged that character because that piece as a motivation to start the story is very, very hackneyed. Well, it's let's, let's super hard to do right. I wouldn't try it. And that's just the way I feel about it. I, at this, and I work in comics. Right. So did extra I sensitive. Got, to I it. just got to steer away from it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to push us on this one just because I, I do think this is totally a thing. I'm not trying to discount fridging as a, as a cultural sort of uh, thing we should avoid. But at the same time, some of the best stories are told about people who wear loss as a motivation. Um, and if we, you know, if, if we look at just even Batman, Batman is a guy who lost his parents and it, it changed him into this thing. And that's like this archetypal story that has been retold and retold and we're fascinated by What's the difference between that and fridging? Is there a difference? Well, Batman, it's backstory, mm-hmm. um, which is, is I think, a little bit different. Okay. Um, the, and, I mean, honestly, you can fridge someone mid-book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when, I mean, I, I keep feeling like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. That which is, character needs to feel like they had a purpose beyond simply dying at a as a motivation point as an arm bar for the protagonist for the plot. Okay. So, spoiler for the first Avengers film, when Agent Coulson dies and it brings the whole team together and that's like the pivotal moment of the whole thing. Agent Coulson not a fridge because he had had all these um these interactions with them before, or is he a fridge? Well, Coulson specifically sacrifices himself. Yeah. And so it's a very different situation. Mm -hmm. And it's not an inert character being acted upon. It is, it is someone making a choice. So you think that would, you would say that was a big point? Nick Fury even, Nick Fury knows that he needed something to pull these characters together. And so, you know, to pull the heroes together. And so he dials up the emotional impact by throwing the bloody trading cards at Captain America. You know, Coulson never did get you to sign these, did he? Um, and he staged that. He went and got them out of Coulson's locker and made them bloody. And so, yes, you can argue that this is fridging, but mm-hmm. you can also argue that it wasn't because Fury, Fury didn't want this to happen. He used it. He used whatever he had to turn the team into a team. Yeah. 
But but Coulson is also an example of how you can give a character a sense of a life outside. And I've pointed to this in previous podcasts, the scene when he's getting off the elevator with Pepper and he's, and she's like, are you still dating that cellist? Yes. Mm-hmm. That just, you know, it's like, oh, there is this whole other life to this character. Whereas most of the time you're like, what can I tell, what can you tell me about the character who's been fridged? They really, really love the main character so much. They just love them. Well, one of the reasons that Coulson works so well is that Stark really just does see him as, you know, why are you calling him Phil? His first name is Agent. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we come around to uh, Iron Man facing off against Loki and saying, you know, and there's one more person you upset. His name was Phil. And we realize that, yes, he, he liked... He, he had come to recognize that Agent Coulson, Phil Coulson, had a life that Tony Stark was now wishing had continued. And, and this, is, uh, this is an example. Um, thank you for bringing that up. This is an example of that thing I was talking about, about making sure that the, the, there is a conflict point that the, uh, the dying character has with the main character because it looks like the arc that they're setting up is... Iron Man learning to uh, to recognize, you know, the, the puny, ordinary yeah. people, um, which is actually an arc that Iron Man goes on. It's just Phil is not there for the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you guys letting me uh, push you on this one. Um, it is something that I'm really interested in. Uh, so thanks for putting up with me on it. I do want to ask us a different question. We have very little time left. I want to ask when you decide to do the opposite and give... Plot armor. This is the phrase where we say the character is too important to die in the story right now. Um, they haven't fulfilled their plot arc. I'm going to prevent them from dying. I'm going to rescue them in some narrative way from the consequences of their choices. When do you do this? Why do you do this? Um, Mary's wincing. So maybe she doesn't. I haven't done doesn't. that. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> uh, I did that with uh, in book 15, um, uh, uh, Lieutenant Sorley, who... Uh, I had kind of planned to have her sacrifice herself heroically, and I got to the end of the story and realized nothing she can do at this point will seem more heroic than what she has already done. Uh, the death would the death would be a downer, and it doesn't need to be a downer. That's I don't I don't need that sacrifice in this story, and so. Yeah, I've so done it lived. before when uh, I have a character that their story isn't done. Um, yeah. And I feel it will be less sad, more satisfying to rescue them and continue their story than it would be to let them die there with unresolved major plot things. But I don't always always make that choice, and it's always a really hard one. Well, and Howard touched on this earlier, but there are so many things that are worse than death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if I find myself in this situation, I'm not going to kill that character, but I'm going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make them live through something or experience something, or maybe even they get off scot-free and all their friends are dead because they are the only one that lived through whatever it was. So that there are still consequences for the scene. You know, they don't get off scot-free. It's but- ablative plot armor. Something <laughs> hits them and it explodes outward. and Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you uh, a writing prompt instead of some homework this time. Good old classic 
uh, writing excuses, writing prompt. I've been thinking a lot about the story Mary talked about last month, where she had the people, uh, the, the alien race, where they went through a kind of butterfly-like transformation at the end of their lives and lost all their memories and had to be reminded of them. And I thought this is an interesting take on death, that um, a, a story where the characters die but don't die. So your writing prompt is that. Do something where, perhaps fantastical, perhaps not, one of your main characters is going to go through a major transformation that is going to feel like death to those around them, but they're not actually dying. Um, and write that story and see how it goes. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.